Welcome to the 330th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with Mitzi Soretto, editor of the best new true crime stories, Small Towns. Stay tuned for the interview. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen to audiobooks during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro.fm app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best, your local bookseller. Reading and Writing Podcast Special Offer, get two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership with code RWPODCAST. That's code RWPODCAST for two audiobooks for the price of one for your first month of membership at Libro.fm. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Mitzi Soretto. She edited the new book, The Best New True Crime Stories, Small Towns. Mitzi has edited other books as well, including The Best New True Crime Stories, Serial Killers, as well as a collection of gothic horror stories. Mitzi, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about the best new true crime story, Small Town, yet, what can they expect with your new true crime anthology? Uh, well, um, they will expect a thinking person's anthology, Uh I, somebody uh, recently reviewed the book and, and they called it true crime with a conscience. So um, I, I kind of like that tagline and I'm going to be milking that for a while, <laughs> but uh, they'll, they'll be getting a variety of, of, of interesting, fascinating stories from around the world uh, covering uh, all kinds of uh, crimes that have taken place in small towns. So it's, it's a very international collection, uh, both in the uh, content as well as with the contributors. Yes, I did notice the international flavor when I was reading it, which I thought was really great. Um, usually, uh, I mean, I'm obviously, I'm coming at it from uh, a, an American point of view since I live in, in Massachusetts. But a lot of times when we get our true crime news or podcast, it tends to be very uh, American specific. Yes, I, I kind of wanted to not have that happen. Um, I'm I'm quite an international person myself, and have you know lived in in a number of places. So my head is is pretty much global, and uh, I didn't want that to happen where it was going to be just stories set in the United States. Because I mean, my readership's international, and of course, people are interested in in crime in the United States since there's so much of it. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I really wanted to, you know, cast a wide net and really uh, put in some surprises, you know, some 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 content that people will say, oh, my God, I had no idea this kind of thing was going on in this place or that place. So what was the editing process for your anthology and, and how did you compile the stories in Best New True Crime Story Small Town? What was your process for collecting the stories? 
Well, uh, I've been editing uh, anthologies for a number of years in, in different genres, and I also write fiction, and so so I you know I write novels, short stories, and edit these anthologies. So um, when I when I approach an anthology, I, I cast a really wide net, as I mentioned. I, I disseminate the submission call very widely, and you know thanks to uh, the internet, things get bounced even farther afield. So, uh, you know, that that's basically, I, I want to just grab as many people as I can from as far flung places as I can to get in the most uh, freshest content and the most surprising content. Um, as far as the actual editing is concerned, uh, you know, I will say true crime is is pretty hardcore when it comes to hard work. <laughs> it is hard work. Um, I have to really admire people that can actually write a long form uh, book on one particular case because it's it's pretty mind boggling. So um, I had uh, people that uh, I knew about in the past or perhaps worked with and, and I let them know about the call. Uh, I I got in material from people I'd never worked with before or hadn't even been familiar with. Um, and, you know, you have to balance a lot of things. Uh, I didn't want to have too many things in one particular basket, so to speak. So it's, it's a big balancing act as far as uh, the content um, and the, and the makeup of the writers, you know, to try to have a real variety of writers. Uh, and then, you know, working with people individually on their stories, uh, areas that I felt that uh, needed tweaking, perhaps needed expansion, perhaps some areas that needed to be pulled back from a bit, um, getting with people, checking their facts, you know, making sure everything's as correct as we can possibly get it. So it's pretty labor intensive for this particular anthology series. Well, obviously you chose all of the stories in the anthology, but are there one or two that stood out to you and that you would like to talk about here about the crime that was written about? Well, you know, it's hard to say picking a favorite and I don't want to um, have everyone say, oh, you didn't pick my story. Um, there's just so many fascinating stories. Uh, one of them that, that came in that was a real surprise to me, and I actually have no idea how this writer found me. Um, was the piece that's written about a small town in Ecuador. And uh, it was about uh, indigenous justice or people's justice and how uh, some uh, uh, three people who had committed a robbery were uh, falsely accused of far more than that, like kidnapping a young child. And uh, essentially uh, it chronicles how rumor especially rumor that started to get disseminated through social media uh, blew up to the point where people were were murdered as a result. Innocent people were murdered. You know, someone who committed a, a, a so-called petty crime was thought to have, you know, committed something far more egregious than that. Uh, so that, that story really stood out for me. And a lot of people would never have known about this. You know, Ecuador is a bit off the beaten track for, for most readers. Um, we don't hear a lot about what's going on in Ecuador, except if there's an earthquake, you know. So uh, that one particularly uh, fascinated me. Uh, another piece that fascinated me was um, In the Home of the Cannibal, which is about a uh, German cannibal. And it's a pretty horrific story. Um, and essentially, it was a, um, it's about a, a gentleman who 
his his desire was basically to consume to eat another human being and he literally advertised for someone who was interested in having that done um it's it's a gruesome story um we had to be really careful because without having too much really horrendous detail and i'll be honest with you the author actually probably curbed himself because some of the details that had been reported in the press were far more horrific than what's in the story. But what's fascinating about the piece is the author actually went to um, the house where the killer lived and he uh, goes room by room and, and chronicles the events that happened in the room and his impressions. And it's a, it's a real, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, the piece has just so much incredible detail in it. Uh, there, there's this uh, a line where he mentions about this the refrigerator being near the door and how the refrigerator had contained body parts. And he, he says that he, the refrigerator was like near the door, that it was as if it wanted to flee from the horrors it endured. And I mean, that's just such an incredibly striking uh, device to use, I think, about actually just giving some kind of actual feelings to this refrigerator. So that, that really stuck with me as well. Um, let me see. Uh, there's a piece called uh, Nameless in Van Diemen's Land, which is about a, a mass shooting in Australia, Tasmania, actually. And there's um, what's fascinating about it is that it's, it actually just chronicles what this man was doing as far as just going and essentially just shooting people because that's what he wanted to do. There was no real perhaps motive behind it. Um, and how, how this crime impacted, for instance, uh, on gun control in, in Australia and all the, all the territories of Australia. So I, I think there's a lot of significance to that and, and for American readers to perhaps see how countries have dealt with these kinds of crimes and curtailed these crimes. And, you know, the United States has really dropped the ball on that. So, you know, there's a lot to think about. You know, a lot of the stories have a lot, uh, people can actually maybe have a little light bulb go off and say, well, that's, uh, that's quite fascinating to see how other countries can actually try to solve a problem and have solved it to some degree. Whereas, you know, you have countries like the United States that just uh, don't seem inclined to solve it. Sure. Sure. Well, true crime is such a popular genre in multiple mediums. Netflix just revived Unsolved Mysteries and HBO is broadcasting a documentary about Michelle McNamara's search for the Golden State Killer. And there's a ton of very popular true crime podcasts. Why do people love true crime so much? Yeah, you know, I, I, when I start, first uh, started to work in true crime, I was really amazed by how people are so um, fervent about it. And um, I, I think what, what really opened my eyes was, you know, it's, it's not like any type of a prurience. It's, they are genuinely interested in what's going on and concerned, and they do want to see some sort of resolution. Um, you know, they get quite passionate about it, a lot of people. So, um, you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know, there could be that sort of an amateur detective kind of thing where they where they enjoy following the cases and seeing how things are you know how how evidence is accumulated how people put the pieces together and and hopefully bring it to some resolution and the crime is solved uh you know almost as if you were you know reading crime fiction but in this case it's not fiction um Others are just uh, people who genuinely are, as I said, concerned about the cases and and they really would like to uh, just see that there is some sort of justice that's going to happen. Uh, There's also that aspect of of, uh, the crimes being out there to try to help solve them. You know, a lot of true crime uh, followers, uh, you know, they help disseminate this information in a way they act like a, a kind of a, a mouthpiece for keeping cases alive and that sort of thing. So it's just a fascination overall for the for crime. I mean, um, it's an aspect of life that probably the majority of us have, have not dealt with or are involved with. Sure. Well, you mentioned that in addition to your editing that you've written short stories and novels. Can you tell us about your latest novel and stories? Uh, well, uh, well, I do contribute to my anthologies. Uh, it's a perk of being the editor. I don't get rejected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually just I just tweeted the other day saying I'm pleased to announce that my story's been accepted by the editor of this book. The editor's me. Uh, so. <laughs> So, so I always write something, fiction or nonfiction. So, um, I've been writing uh, a lot of fiction uh, for about two decades now. So, uh, short stories, of course, in different genres, um, novels. Uh, my my last novel I wrote was uh, is called Florida Gothic, which is actually a, a horror novel. Uh, so, you can see I do like to move around in different genres, and. Uh, 
that's set in South Florida, and uh, it's about a, uh, an old an old Cuban man uh, from Miami who uh, is, is actually killed in a hit and run, but uh, he doesn't quite die. And he has a number of bones to pick with people um, with regard, to, you know, with regard to the hit and run of his, of, you know, killing himself, obviously killing him off, but also some other issues pertaining to a daughter who had also been killed in a similar fashion many years before. So uh, I had a lot of fun writing that because I wrote from several different points of view, and I I love doing that. I love totally getting into the head of uh, another character especially characters who are very different from one another uh, and different from myself. So uh, I really enjoyed that piece uh, playing around with, with the different characters. And, and actually it wasn't until I finished the book that I realized all my characters uh, that I actually wrote were men. So I have no issue with, you know, different, you know, different, different genders, different nationalities, et cetera, you know, whatever. I, I just get in there and write it. Sure. So what what are your earliest memories of reading and books? Oh, gosh. You know, I have read books from when I first began to read. I mean, this was something that started in, in early childhood for me. Uh, so, you know, I think I think if you probably ask most writers, they would probably say they love books and they've read from early ages. Uh I just um, I just read everything, and and interestingly enough, as a child, I really didn't write uh, I didn't read children's books. I I was above that. <laughs> you know that was just, that was just too childish for me. I, I didn't even read like the teen books. I I pretty much would like borrow my mother's novels, you know, the best selling novels of whatever was out at the time, and I'd be reading those. And I remember once um, as a child, somebody saw me reading a book, and they said, "What is she doing reading that? You know, that's not a children's a child's book." <laughs> so I was like, "Well." You know, I so I was sort of, you know, re refining my tastes from an early age and um, really just reading a variety of types of books, um, some of which I probably shouldn't have been reading, but that's a different story. <laughs> sure. Well, are, were there any true crime writers that you grew up um, reading and enjoying? You know, what's interesting is not really, I didn't, um, I didn't read any true crime um, when I was younger. Um, and you know, I, I find I found out um, not that long ago as I was I wrote a piece for the Strand magazine that although I wasn't reading true crime, I was consuming true crime in other ways. For instance, a lot of the uh, docudramas on television and uh, those sort of uh, journalistic uh one hour shows that were on. So, and, and they're pretty much basically all true crime. You know, there, there's a crime, they go and, you know, trace all these elements of the crime. They talk to people, they, they try to put the crimes together, especially the ones that are unsolved. So I was fascinated by those shows. So I, so I wasn't reading it, but I was, I was watching it. Do you think the global pandemic and people's current stress levels will impact or lessen the appeal of true crime in the months and years ahead? You know, that's a tough one because, um, you know, from what I'm understanding, people are reading more. So mm -hmm. if, if one good thing comes out of the pandemic, it's hopefully getting people back to reading because we really need to keep up with literacy. 
Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, uh, true crime seems to be going strong. Um, I hope it continues to go strong and, and isn't just going to, you know, be, you know, another so-called trend. Um, I, I think it's been around long enough that it's it's not going to be a trend. I think it'll I think it'll continue to go forward and perhaps evolve. And, you know, hopefully I'll be contributing to that. Sure. So what led you to write, led you to editing true crime anthologies and also fiction anthologies? Uh, well, as I said, fiction has been something I've done for about two decades. Um, so I was writing uh, fiction and then I just, it was sort of an accident that uh, I was just chatting with a publisher at the time that I was working with and, and saying, well, yeah, you know, let's, what about an anthology? You know, maybe I should take a stab at that and sort of the rest is history. Um, but as far as the true crime, that is another one of those uh, random things that happened. Uh, it, again, I was chatting with a publisher and brainstorming some ideas, um, you know, about doing some more anthologies. And we just got to the topic of true crime. Uh, and I was like, well, uh, Okay. Yeah. Why not? You know, I'm, I'm up to any kind of challenge and uh, I like to approach something fresh, maybe something that I haven't um, necessarily uh, done in, in the past and don't have any preconceived notions of. And that's sort of how I entered true crime without a lot of preconceived notions. I just plan to do it the way, the way I want to do it. So are you working on another anthology now? I am indeed. <laughs> Yes, I'm actually working on the third volume uh, for the Best New True Crime Stories serial, not serial killers. I'm sorry, that's the first book. Uh, the, the series, I meant, the Best New mm -hmm. True Crime Stories yep. series. Um, and that is um, going to be Well-Mannered Crooks, Rogues, and Criminals. So, <laughs> yes. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, we're taking a slight break from, from a whole lot of murder. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a bit of murder sneaking in, but it'll be a little bit less murder. Um, and uh, I, I'm really excited about it. Um, I've been getting in some really good content. And just today I had an email from a, from a novelist uh, and an author who says, hey, you know, I just found out about your call from such and such person. I'd like to write something. So um, I'm pretty excited. I, th I think it'll be a definite worthwhile uh, successor to the first two volumes. That's great. Well, I'm assuming that there were writers that submitted stories to your first two anthologies, true crime anthologies that you ended up rejecting. I'm, I'm wondering if someone listening is um, thinking about or would like to write true crime, what advice would you have for them to succeed as a writer? Well, you know, I can only go by what I, I you know, what I personally pick and choose from, you know, some, another editor may have a totally different idea, something that I may reject, they may love. I mean, that's just sort of the nature of the game. Um, I, I do, I do think that, uh, true crime has been moving away from the really tacky stuff. You know, you know what I mean by tacky, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the really kind of, kind of cheap, kind of sleazy exploitational stuff. I, I think, I think that's, 
going away. And a lot of that was because there was a backlash about that, you know, that it was glorifying crime, glorifying, for instance, since in the cases of serial killers, you know, that you're glorifying these people. And that's something I didn't want to do. So I would, I would definitely say that, um, for people to move forward into true crime, uh, would be to, to, uh, do do something that's more thought provoking and not just sensationalist. Um, I mean, you may sell books and you may sell stories that are sensationalist, but I just think that's kind of becoming a bit passe. So where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and the anthologies that you've published? Well, of course, I have a website, uh, mitzisoretto.com, uh, and that lists all my books. It lists any submission calls. It's got, um, you know, uh, interviews archived on there. Um, I've been actually doing a whole bunch of Facebook live videos, uh, one-on-one chats with my contributors. So, uh, they can find all those there and also get to know some of the contributors and find out about their stories. So, of course, that's there. Uh, I'm on Twitter, of course, at Mitzi Soretto. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Mitzi Soretto again. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, where else am I? I'm kind of all over the place. Uh, so. They shouldn't have any problem finding me. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Mitzi Serretto, editor of the new book, The Best New True Crime Story, Small Towns. The book is available now, so go buy a copy. And Mitzi, thanks for doing this interview. Oh, thanks for having me, Jeff. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.